0: And we're looking at uh, the story of Jonah and the different ways that God encounters people through the story and the life of Jonah. So I'm going to read uh, Jonah chapter one, uh, verses one to nine. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Then the Lord sent a great wind upon the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid and each cried out to his own God So they asked him, tell us, who is responsible for making all this trouble for us? What kind of work do you do? And where do you come from? What is your country? From what people are you? He answered, I am a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We first uh, come across Jonah in the book of two kings. He is mentioned there as the prophet who prophesies to the evil king, Jeroboam, who's the king of Israel, but he's counted as somebody who did evil in the sight of the Lord. Uh, But in two kings 14, we find Jonah prophesying to Jeroboam uh, about the northern border of Israel and saying that Jeroboam will be successful at re-establishing that border again. We're talking of times in the 8th century BC where the empire of Assyria was over the whole region of uh, Mesopotamia, and it was a brutal empire, and it was uh, coming and uh, encroaching on the border of Israel, and Jeroboam was successful in re-establishing that border, uh, though later on That border went, so that's where we first come uh, come across Jonah, is uh, in Two Kings chapter 14. But here, here we have uh, Jonah being given a word from the Lord to go to prophesy against the city of Nineveh. Now, Nineveh was one of the largest cities in the Assyrian Empire, and therefore uh, a place that, again, was in alignment with the brutality of that empire. And the Lord says specifically to Jonah, go and prophesy against it because it's wickedness, it's evil, the evil of this city has come up against me. Well, today the title of the talk is God Calls, Jonah Runs because that's exactly what happens next. He goes on the run. Now, of course, he is, is going in directly the opposite direction to where he's been called. At Nineveh Uh, nowadays would be located in the the area of what is now, uh, now Mosul, Iraq, and where Jonah runs, so that's the east of where he is, where he runs is to the west. My sister used to joke with me, it was a running joke when I was growing up, that she could ask me the direction to somewhere, and I would always give an answer that was 180 degrees in the opposite direction. We discovered this in the Paris metro system one time, where she consistently said to me, "Anne, which exit should we go?" And I would confidently say, "We should leave by that one." And she said, "No, it's absolutely that one that we're going by." And that was her. Uh, she always said to me, "Oh, you've got that 180 degrees going on." This is not a case where Jonah is confused about the where he's going. He wants to get as far away from Nineveh as he possibly can. And indeed, he wants to flee from God. He wants to get away from this situation. And it's, he's the only prophet in the Old Testament who reacts to a divine commission in this way of saying, right, I'm going in completely the opposite direction. The narrative style of this book is about satire and humor, The people you think should behave one way do the opposite of what's expected of them. So here's this man of God running away from God, and it's deeply ironic. Tarshish, we don't really know where Tarshish is, but they expect that it was kind of Spain, so it was like 3,000 miles, whereas Nineveh, where God was asking him to go to, would have been about 500 miles from where he was. It's not really surprising that Jonah was not up for taking on this call It was a massive city of a dominant, cruel empire. And nobody really likes to be the bearer of bad news. You know, his previous prophecy to Jeroboam was one of, you know, God's gonna use you to establish a border. I mean, that's quite a good news message, isn't it? This one is one where it's gonna be asking Nineveh to turn. And uh, nobody likes to be the bearer of bad news. And if we're honest, all of us have had moments where we've avoided something that God has asked for us. Let's pause for a moment. Let's consider where we are. Is there something, however small, that God is asking me to do that I'm trying to avoid? Let's take a moment just to name that before God. Jonah running is ironic because the God that Jonah believes in is the God of whom the Psalmist says in Psalm 139, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, Even there, your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. So as we read that Jonah is fleeing from God, we read with a slightly wry smile, don't we? Really, Jonah? Fleeing from God? What is God going to do next? And he sends the storm that hits the ship full on. The sailors are terrified in fear. They cry out to their own gods. And along with prayer, they go for a practical solution. They throw all the cargo into the sea. When I was reading this, I thought, oh, those sailors are speaking to me. Because often, I'll try and do the problem-solve and the practical solution first, and then pray. But these pagan sailors are crying out to their gods first. And this was a real reminder to me. Pray first, and then look for the practical solutions. Look to God first. But for these sailors, there's no response from their gods. There is no stilling of the storm. And this prompted a question for me, for us to consider, another question for us to consider. Where are the gods that people turn to today, or what are the gods that people turn to today? knowingly or unknowingly. I heard a, a, a sports, sportsman yesterday who had an accident, when interviewed, said, oh, maybe I did something in a previous life that means that this comes back to me. Like, oh, you're looking to something there that you probably don't know about and isn't of what we would follow when we follow Jesus. Are there people or things that we do, that people do that kind of show that we're following different gods? What are the gods that people turn to today? And what is different that we can share about the God that we follow While all this commotion is going on above decks, Jonah is asleep below the decks, and the captain comes to him and says, how can you sleep? Get up and call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us, so that we will not perish. The sailors and the captain realize there's something other going on. This is no ordinary storm. And for that culture, that mixture of spiritual and physical, is is very, very linked. Whereas in our culture, we're not so aware of that link of spiritual and physical. That's why it's important, as I said earlier, to pray first before trying to look for the practical solutions. Pray to ask God to speak in to what's going on. As the reader of this story, we know that God sent the storm. God acting to get people's attention, to save people. He's doing that by sending Jonah to Nineveh. And here, God acts to get Jonah's attention, well, more than that, to turn Jonah around. And if you're on the run from God, he's not a God who's disinterested to say, well, that's that then. We can see here that God goes to great lengths to bring Jonah around. And it's not just for Jonah, it's for the people of Nineveh too. So they fire off all these questions at Jonah. My favorite is, what kind of work do you do (laughs) that this could possibly result in this horrendous storm? What are you doing, Jonah? And he answers their question, from what people are you? I am a Hebrew I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. And we're going to hear the sailors' reaction to that next week. This week, we're sticking with Jonah. Here's someone whose words and actions don't add up. He says whom he worships, who created everything. But Jonah disobeys, runs, and tries to get out of what God asks of him. What I love about this book is that it throws so many curved balls, the unexpected. Um, Plot spoilers coming up. Pagan sailors turn to God. An evil city turns to God. The man of God turns away from God, but God still uses Jonah. With all Jonah's faults, his rebellion, and grumpy attitude, God is merciful to Jonah. And as we see, God is merciful throughout this book. So how about you? Where are you this morning? Are you avoiding? Have you disobeyed God? Are you on the run from God? Well, don't wait for a storm followed by a big fish to bring you back. Turn back to the one who made the earth and the waters, your creator. Turn to the one who made a way for you in Jesus, his son. That is the ultimate way that God has acted in history, has stepped in to history. God the Father gave Jesus to draw all people to himself and to deliver us from evil to deliver us from evil. Jonah is mentioned in two kings. He's also mentioned in Matthew's gospel. And I'll let a future speaker unpack what Jesus says there. At this point, I just want to note that Jesus in Matthew 12 compares Jonah's ministry to his his own but says his ministry, Jesus' ministry, is much bigger. It's that ministry of deliverance. God turns Jonah around, he delivers Jonah from evil. God turns the Ninevites around, he delivers them from evil. God is not restricted to one people group. He turns us around. He gives people the opportunity to respond. So there's the personal response to this. What is it in our characters where we can recognize the grumpiness or the avoidance tendencies of Jonah? God is merciful to each one of us and then there is the wider context of the people that we are trying to reach with God's goodness who are trying to turn to other mini-gods in society we have faith and trust in the one who saves us Jesus Let's share that good news with people around us. Let's take a moment to pray, and then Tim will lead us on. Thank you. Thank you, you, Jesus. Father God, we thank you that you are grace and merciful. And through Jesus, you draw all people to yourself. So help us this day, Lord, to choose to turn to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.